You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Abby McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, friend. Today's episode is a good old-fashioned girl chat on everything motherhood and postpartum with the beautiful Sarah Merrill Hall. Sarah grew an audience of over half a million Instagram followers by bringing humor and relatable content to everyday struggles with a mission to help her followers embrace their imperfections, laugh through the hard times, and live their best kid lives. Sarah has turned big kid problems into a relatable and infectious brand, but her adulting content took a turn when Sarah became a new mom. And now we enter the next era of Big Kid Problems, Bottle Service, a new kind of pregnancy and motherhood podcast. And today is just a raw girl chat talking about all the things pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood with Sarah, the joys, the unexpected, and everything in between. Sarah shares her experience through pregnancy and postpartum, including sharing her experience with a C-section birth. And I just want to pause here just because we want to give a quick trigger warning for traumatic birth stories, um, especially with a C-section. So if you're in a place where hearing someone else's story would be triggering and you need to skip this episode, then we fully support that friend. In the episode, we also talk about things that no one tells you about motherhood and postpartum. And I even shared a story that involves stool softeners with laxatives in them and what that resulted in during my postpartum season with Annalise. So yeah, enjoy that story coming your way in the episode. Uh, So basically, this episode is just a fun, honest girl chat about all things motherhood and postpartum. So grab your favorite beverage and let's start chatting with Sarah. All right. Do you want to be a destination wedding photographer, but you feel like you can't because you live in the freaking middle of nowhere? Like anyone relate? <laughs> Just a few years ago, we felt that hard. As two girls born, raised, and starting our businesses in the smack dab middle of the Midwest, it took some serious strategy and planning to get booked as a destination wedding photographer. It wasn't easy, but it is possible no matter where you're based. We're here today to give you the tools we learned through our process to help you pursue destination wedding photography. To do so, download our free guide, Six Tips to Break into the Destination Wedding Industry for a pep talk and learn our strategies to get your business booked out the wazoo in places that you've been dreaming of for years. Go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash destination to grab the freebie. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Sarah, welcome to the podcast, friend. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped. We are going to jam. This is going to be like a good old girl chat and I am ready for it. So for those who maybe aren't familiar with you, don't know you, or just are obsessed with you and want to hear more, can you just give our listeners a little background on who you are, what you do, and what brings you here today? Yes. All right, guys. I'm Sarah. Um, I guess most people know me from Big Kid Problems, which is a channel I created on Instagram. Well, really on Twitter and Instagram, but um, I basically run like a comedy 
a comedy account um, that's all like original content, basically kind of loosely based on my life, but mostly about like adulting, adult life, learning how to adult, and uh, most recently motherhood. Like that's kind of been <laughs> the newest, uh, the newest iteration. But um, yeah, so I'm a content creator and writer, comedian. Um, I also host two podcasts. So it's like super fun being the guest on one of these bad boys. Yes. <laughs> <Welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> this never happens. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I have two podcasts, the Big Q Problems podcast, and then also a new motherhood and pregnancy podcast that I started actually like the day I found out I was pregnant called Bottle Service. Oh, that is the best it. name I have ever heard in like the existence of ever. That's just so creative. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. When I when I I was trying to brainstorm names for the for the podcast, and when I thought of that, I was like, this is it. <laughs> just like the the alliter not the alliteration, the what is the word I'm thinking of? The the no. Wow. No. Play on words, the pun, the irony. Yeah, the pun, the play on words of like yeah. bottle service, which you think of like champagne, but then it's like <laughs> milk. Okay. Yes. Everyone knows that. I'm just like over explaining it and making it weird now. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, today we are talking about motherhood, maternity leave, all the things around that. But can you first kind of tell us like where your inspiration for big kid problems and then bottle service kind of like came from? Like, I guess a little bit of your story for your journey through entrepreneurship, content creation, and then bringing you here today. Yeah. So I I started Big Kid Problems back in college, which was a long time ago um, before Instagram was even a thing. But basically, I kind of just like wanted a place. Um, I used Twitter at the time to like make jokes about like where I was at in life, which was like I was a senior in college. I was applying for jobs. I was getting ready to move to New York City. I was like used to being a college kid where like, you know, not living in reality and getting ready to join the adult world and was like really scared <laughs> and was like, what am I doing? I actually don't know how to do any of this. I don't know how to like apply for an apartment or like, you know, do anything. So um, I, I just started kind of like making up jokes on Twitter about it. And then it kind of caught on on my college campus, which was funny because it was a completely anonymous account. Oh it, was really, it was really fun for me. Like people would be like talking about big kid problems and I'd be like, yeah, I heard of that. And, you know, <laughs> so, like, I was just eating it up in the background. Um, <laughs> and then I kept it going. I just kept it going in my 20s. I ended up moving to New York, getting a job. Um, and I like made these jokes throughout, you know, my early 20s, my mid 20s, my late 20s, and now into my 30s, which is crazy. And um, it, I, I totally did it for funsies. It was just like something I kind of thought was like hilarious. Um, and fun on my end. And then somewhere in my mid 20s, when Instagram like really started becoming popular, it, it kind of took on a life of its own. And it actually became like a business opportunity. And I'm like, wait a second, I can make money for doing this that I've been doing for years already. <laughs> um, and that's, that's kind of what I did. I ended up running with it, um, quitting my corporate job and doing big kid problems full time, which was a blast. Oh, I oh, love it. We love that. Especially when you start a hobby or just something fun and then you don't like start it for monetary intentions, but then it just turns into that. Isn't that just like the funnest surprise? <laughs> the funnest surprise. And, and even my, like my parents still don't understand what I do for a living. They're like, of course. <laughs> they're like, you have a blog? Like what? I'm like, ah. <laughs> It's like, I write funny things on the internet and get paid for it. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. And oh, bottle wow. service came when you had your first, right? Yes. Yeah, so I so I was doing, you know, the social media thing 
creating content on Instagram, a couple of things happened where I realized like, A, I don't own this platform, which is kind of scary. Like Instagram can kick you off the platform. I think I did actually at one point get like um, uh, kicked off for like speech or, you know, I said like a bad word and got kicked off and I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is a little alarming that I quit my job and I am working on this platform that I do not own and can be right. like kicked off at any at any stage. And um, podcasts were something that I I loved um, and consu- was a big consumer of podcasts. Like podcasts, I like honestly kind of changed my life. I learned so much from them. Was able to even do my own business and um, you know become an entrepreneur in the social media space from stuff that I learned on podcasts. So I love podcasting. I ended up getting into podcasts and just kind of doing like a play on my channel, Big Kid Problems. And when I, after I got married and, you know, my husband and I started talking about kids, I kind of got this idea that I wanted to, I'm like, once I get pregnant, I, (laughs) this is so embarrassing, but anybody who's like a mom might know this, but I, um, I loved, like I had one of my best friends got pregnant and she, instead of like inviting her husband to her pregnancy app, she invited me and I would like check in every week and be like, oh my God, the baby's the size of an apple seed this week. (laughs) And like loved going through every week and like learning what was going on with baby, what was going on um, in her body. And I just love, I loved like the learning part of it. I thought it was so cool. So I kind of got the idea. I'm like, when I do get pregnant, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do like a funny version of this. Like I'm going to create like a week by week, um, pregnancy podcast. I'll talk about my experience, but then I'll actually give like information on what's happening each week with baby, with mom and all of that good stuff. So I got pregnant and like, literally was like, Oh, here we go. Picked up a microphone and started it that day. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's amazing. You're like, I had an idea. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't realize at the time how miserable I would be while I was pregnant. Like, I can't believe I started this brand new endeavor. Like I should not have started anything the day I found out I was pregnant. I should have quit everything. I should have been like taking it easy. And I was so sick, but I, I powered through and did, you know, all 40 weeks of pregnancy. Um, and now I'm actually, I'm in a postpartum season because I, I wrapped up the, 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 pregnancy podcast. I was like wiping my hands. We did this. We're good. And then I started going through postpartum and I'm like, Oh, we are so not good. We are so not done. (laughs) There's so much more to talk about. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, where I'm at now. Oh, that's amazing. Wait, so how old is your baby? My baby just turned a year. He just hit one year. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So So then do you, it sounds like bottle service was a weekly podcast and then is it do you still then continue it as like just a motherhood in general podcast? It's right now. So I did do it weekly and then I I gave birth and I obviously took some time off. I'm like, I'll take six weeks off and then I'll jump into recording again. And I recorded one episode when I was six weeks postpartum and I like cried the whole time. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't air this and I can't do this right now. So I I gave myself some grace in a a true maternity leave and um, then have just come back for a second season. And I've done, I was planning on doing about 15 episodes now I'm, I just am doing like 25 episodes and now I'm probably going to just keep it going into motherhood because I can't stop and I can't shut no. up. <laughs> well, there's like so many aspects and just rabbit trails. You can go down with the topic of not only pregnancy, postpartum, and then motherhood as, as you know, in general. Um, and I told Sarah this off air before we started recording, but I am like in the thick of this conversation. So I am all about this because I, I just went back or I came back to work this week after like a 
two, almost three month maternity leave. And, uh, I like my baby's two months old. So I'm like, let's go. I <laughs> let's talk about the diapers, like all the things, like I'm here for all of it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You are really it. in it. And kudos to you for coming back this early on. Cause like, I did not have it in me. It's not easy. It's not it's easy. Tr- it's true. Well, I, and I also, I'm like, we've been batching guests all day today and I'm pumping in between every single <laughs> guest. Cause you gotta do what you gotta do. Super mom. Super mom. Super mom. Sure. Oh, well, I love it. Okay. The first question kind of on postpartum that I want to ask you, Sarah, is like, what do you think, or what do you wish that most people told you about either motherhood in general or postpartum that, that just would have been beneficial? In hindsight? <laughs> oh my God. There's literally so many things. Like there's so many surprises that I'm like, how did nobody tell me this? Like what? Uh, I guess, oh, well, I'll, I'll start on a positive note and say, <laughs> I feel like I wasn't prepared for how amazing it would be. Like on a good on a good side, I would say I feel like I consumed a lot of content and and I'm guilty of this too of like, you know, you kind of make fun of motherhood, you kind of make fun of like, oh my gosh, I'm not sleeping, all this is crazy. And like it's actually been a lot more fun than I than I mm. thought. Like it's yeah. been actually like one, like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so that was number one. I, I, I feel like people try and tell you how much you love your baby, but like it's impossible to understand like once you, until you have one yourself. So that's, that's probably the first thing I'd say on just a positive note. On a not so positive note, um, oh my God, there's so many things. I mean, <laughs> one of the big things for me and, and I, I'm taking this with me into my hopefully second pregnancy, but just like how the expectations on like, you know, quote unquote, bouncing back after Mm -hmm. baby, like I had totally like warped, unrealistic expectations that I would be like, kind of, I'm like, I'm not going to be back to my normal size, but I'll be like pretty much there after three months. And like, that did not happen. (laughs) Like not even close. And I did all the things like I tried everything. And, you know, aside from coming home from the hospital and I had lost some weight, I didn't lose another pound until like five months after that. So that's maybe another big one, I would say. Mm. I love that you answered this question, like with the twofold answer of like, hey, no, we're going to be real. But first, before we even get to like the real things, like, I just love that you started with the positive because it is, it is true. Like there is so much that we could talk about in this conversation that sounds negative or is just like maybe complaining, but you know, in a relatable aspect of like, Hey women, you're not alone. But I love that above all of that, you're like, no, but it is like the best, most life changing love of your life. And like that above all of it, you know, like, so I love that you started with that. (laughs) For sure. I mean, that's like something when I was pregnant, I wondered, I was like, why do we, like, why are any of us still here? Cause like the, fact that women do this and have been doing this is insane. Like, <laughs> like I don't understand how there, a human race even exists. And then, yes. then you have your baby and you're like, let's have five more. I love it. Yes. <laughs> also, I, I asked you this question, but I, I just realized I have a kind of funny uh, add on to that, that I think I shared this on my stories, but I have not shared this on the podcast and it's embarrassing. So I feel like this is the perfect <laughs> conversation to share it. But uh, so I had a, I know we, we share the fact that we had a, a C-section for our first babies, but specifically for vaginal birth. So my second one, and maybe you deal with this at, as a C-section. I don't know. You could tell me. I can't remember. I think I blacked out my recovery from the first one. Um, <laughs> 
But for my second baby, they give you laxatives in the hospital. Or no, they didn't. They but they said, "Hey, when you get home, take laxative because you you know your bowels you you need some help there." And it oh, hurts yeah. also um, yeah. coming out afterward. And so I think my husband went to Target to get laxative, but he got a laxative bottle that had. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I just ruined the joke. Wow. No stool softeners. They tell you to get stool softeners. <laughs> after pregnancy, but he got a stool softener with laxatives in them. And so because this was my first vaginal delivery, I just was like uncontrollably pooping my pants. No. Like, and and because my first baby was a C-section, I didn't deal with that. And so I was like, wait, no one talks about this. Like, I don't hear any mothers talking about the fact that like you just poop your pants for two months after birth and you just have to deal with it. It was like, literally I had no urge to poop. And then 0.2 seconds later, I had to poop and oh, it's coming out. Like, no. Oh my gosh. I was like, wow. It was just when you push, I guess that that happens. And I had no idea. And then this time we're like, we're like, okay, how do we avoid this? And we look at the stool softener bottle that we used for my last baby. And Andrew was like, oh, there's laxatives in this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and he's like, maybe we should try a stool softener without laxatives in it. And, <laughs> and then I realized, oh, so that wasn't normal. That was just like a mistake that we made. And I and remember you telling yourself suffer for two months. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't two months, oh but God. it was still like a, probably a good like two weeks at least. <laughs> But I just remember like, I was like, and when you have hemorrhoids, I'm just going there. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> like when you have hemorrhoids and like things it in the, like, you don't. It's not it's, pretty. It's not no, pretty. It's not. it's not pretty. And so this time I was like, wow, no one told me that this, I just thought that like nobody talked about it because it was poop or whatever. And I remember telling a friend that had never had a baby that was pregnant. And I was like, Hey, listen, just so you know, you're going to poop your pants uncontrollably. And I shared it this time that I was like, Oh, Hey, that was false. And she DM'd me and she was like, Lindsay, you traumatized me for life. Cause I thought that women, when they had birth, gave birth, just pooped their pants uncontrollably. I just thought that was a funny story that I would insert here. Cause it was perfectly. Oh, on topic. oh my God. I was going to say, I'm like, you're really selling me on a V-back. <laughs> Not, yeah. Sarah's like, yeah, good, good coverage of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, we had it with a C-section. I, I, we did have to take the stool softeners, but yeah, I was not pooping my pants. Thank God. I had a million other <laughs> issues, but the pooping of the pants was not one of yeah, them. Watch, watch which stool softeners you get and you'll be golden. I just <laughs> met time. That's a pro tip. Oh pro tip gosh. right there. I love it. Okay. Let's, let's talk about within motherhood, like both of you ladies, from your experience for entrepreneurs, for those who are working, you know, as well as, as motherhood, what have been like your experience, Sarah, you know, you talked like postpartum, you're like, oh, we're not done with this podcast. What are some things that you wish you or want to share with new moms, fresh moms, old moms who have done it five times and are on their six, you know, the, the people that you're like, I wish I could share this with the whole world in relation to, it could be pregnancy, motherhood, postpartum, maternity leave, any of it. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so, there's so many things. There's so many things. Um, like literally like, this is what I talk about on my podcast all the time. Cause I can like hours. Yeah. I'm like, can we extend this recording for the next five hours? Um, I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that it is a period of time. Like this is something that like really freaked me out. The 
the first time going through it. I guess for my my seasoned moms, like they maybe not have this issue, but as a first timer, while I was in postpartum, I'm like, this is the rest of my life. Like I'm gonna feel this way. I'm gonna like, you know, feel gross in my body. I'm gonna like be a little crazy, um, you know, like a little anxious, like all of these things. I, I just I you kind of feel so not yourself. And I'm like, this is just like my new, this is the new me. And it's not like you are in a very, very delicate period of time, the postpartum period, and you get through it. Like that is, that is the biggest thing. And it's just, it's something I don't think we're used to in our society. Cause I feel like if I need something, I can order it on my phone. Like I, we're, we're just like, we're very good at, you know, getting through things or, you know, finding little hacks to make things go faster or, you know, ease, discomfort, whatever it is, you know, and with postpartum, it's like, you just kind of got to bottle through it. And, um, my next time around, I'm definitely going to be a little bit easier on myself and just mm-hmm. remind myself like, no, no, we're just, we're in it right now. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's no better feeling. Oh my God. There is no better feeling when you start to like come out of it a little bit and you see like the light at the end of the tunnel and like start to feel like yourself again. It is the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like we we put that pressure on us because I think society or or we always hear you mentioned it earlier that like phrase of like oh we need to bounce back. We need to fit into our pre-pregnancy genes immediately. We need to, you know, go back immediately to life as it was before you even got pregnant. And it's like, whoa, you just went through an entire life change. You have an incredible, beautiful, wonderful human to take care of now. And like life will look different. I think that we should, you know, address that. And I love like, you know, you have a platform and and, like people are talking about conversations like this because I think I just, especially if you don't have motherhood friends in your life, it's like, where do you go to like relate to women and, and talk through things like, not pooping our pants and like that you know, we, we shouldn't um like fit back into our jeans immediately and like knowing that other women are going through it I think is so helpful too you know 100% that is like I've never been closer to like my community of women than I have been since having a baby because like you really really lean I really lean on friends like in a way that I never did before um and it is so important and 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 that's the thing too is I have um I have you know girls message me on Instagram they're like I'm the first one in my friend group to go through this and like your podcast is so helpful because like I don't really have anyone else to talk through about this so yeah even if you if you don't have friends going through it immediately with you there's like so many so much community outside of that there's I mean that's one of the there's that's one of the good things I would say to come out of social media is like being able to find community yeah for could sure. you, I know this might be like a long story, so you could condense it if you need to, but could you give us like a SparkNotes version of your birth story? Because I know you mentioned it was a C-section and just the recovery of like the whole thing. Yes. Okay. Again, we need five hours for this I know, podcast. Right? <laughs> I'll, give you the, I'll give you the short, short Cliff Notes version um, and just like cut me off if I start rambling. <laughs> um, but I, a couple weeks before my due date, I found out that my son was breached. So he wasn't turned down, like their heads are supposed to turn down towards your um, pelvis uh, to, to deliver them. And at a certain point in pregnancy, they start getting too big where they can't turn anymore. And so we were getting there, like my 33 week checkup, they're like, he hasn't turned yet. He still has a couple weeks, 34 weeks, same thing. He hadn't turned by 37 weeks. They're like, he's not going to turn. We're going to have to 
schedule a C-section, which to me, I am like the biggest baby with anything medical. Like I had to get a finger prick in the beginning of like my first appointment ever so that they could determine I was pregnant. I passed out. Like I am. <laughs> so the idea of like having surgery awake is like actually my worst nightmare. Oh, <laughs> um, I ended up going to like hypnosis. Like I started all of this crazy stuff, like trying to like get, it's basically, it's really a phobia to be honest, like blood yeah. and all of this and needles and all of this. So <laughs> to give you the very quick cliff notes version of my birth, I wasn't like a peach. Like I wasn't like the easiest person <laughs> going through this. I mean, I showed up at the hospital already having a panic attack. Um, I All my tools kind of went out the window. But, you know, I got got started, went, started going through my C-section. I was looking at my husband. I'm like, if you ever get me pregnant again, I will kill you. We're never doing this again. <laughs> I'm like, this is our only child. Look at me right now and promise me this is our only child. Like literally screaming at him. And... And then, you know, my baby was born. They they pulled him out. Um, they called his birth time. It was nine o'clock on the dot. And, you know, being in an OR, I turn my head and there's like a big clock right there. And I'm like, oh, it's just the most insane, surreal, you know, moment to see the baby that's been in your body, like mm. being pulled out. It was crazy. And so I went from like, not doing so great to being like extremely like, oh my God, like the biggest high ever. And then in my birth plan, you know, I had talked to my doctor. I, I said, I wanted immediate skin to skin. She's like, of course. She's like, what happens is we're going to pull them out. They run some tests on them real quick. It take, And then we put them on you. I'm like, how fast? She's like, one to two minutes. He'll be on your chest. So, you know, I'm waiting. I look at the clock. 901 goes by. 902 goes by. 904 goes by. I'm like, what's going on? Nobody's like telling me anything. 906 goes by and I start freaking out, you know? Um, and uh, I'm my husband's there and I had a doula with me. They're both kind of like puzzled because the nurses are like all working on my baby and nobody's communicating with us. 907 goes by, 908 goes by. I start screaming basically like just losing my mind um my husband goes over to see what's going on uh finally a nurse comes and tells us she has to they're like your baby's not breathing well like we're gonna have to take him out of the room into a transition room oh. so at this point you know I don't really hear anything else other than like my baby's being taken away and like he's, this is a life-threatening situation and I'm gonna pause this story right now because when people ask me anything that I want them to know about like C-sections, this is something I've learned after the fact is that this is very, very normal in a C-section because babies, especially in a um, planned C-section, because basically, you know, your baby has all this fluid in their lungs. They're, they're used to living in the amniotic fluid in your belly. Mm -hmm. And when you go through labor, it kind of like starts that transition for them to get ready to breathe air. And, you know, you push them through an irregular delivery and it helps get a lot of that fluid out of their lungs and then they can breathe on the outside world. I never went into labor. That never happened. And then he was pulled out of my stomach. So none of that stuff really happened. So to not, to have your baby have breathing issues, especially a breech baby is like pretty common. Back to the story. I didn't know that. Um, and sorry, That's I should have given a trigger. Terrifying. Yeah. I should have given a trigger warning before I started this story. Sorry. You are good. Guys. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. So anyway, I, I just, I freaked out. 
my baby was taken out of the room. Two hours later, we were reunited. They, they still said like, oh, he's having some trouble issues breathing, but we'll bring him to you anyway. The second they placed that baby on my chest, he started breathing fine. And I started breathing fine. Oh. And... It's we as were if good. they were like <laughs> meant to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, it was just, it was a really like harrowing experience. And honestly, I have like some residual PTSD from yeah, the whole totally. experience. Um, but the second he hit my chest and I held him for the first time, I like looked at my husband who at this point I had cursed the day he was born. <laughs> told him to never, ever agree to another baby again. I was like, let's do this again. Let's do another no. one. So it all worked out, but it was a little, it wasn't like the happy, like, you know, go lucky birth story that I think yeah. a lot of people have. You know? Oh my gosh. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure. Yes, if you've been searching for a natural, non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that, I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful. Yes, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primally Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like, Every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible. For 10% off your order, you can use code HEARTANDHUSTLE, that's all caps, no spaces, at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're going to love Primally Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code HEARTANDHUSTLE for 10% off your order today. Hello. I wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to remind you that we have an apparel shop with heart-filled pieces. (laughs) see what we did there, that we have designed with you in mind. In the shop, we've got t-shirts, crop tops, sweatshirts, mugs, hats, and more, all created with comfy and cute designs that you can rock in your everyday life. This collection is for you if you love the show and want to share it with your friends in a cool way, or if you want to wear something cute as heck that was intentionally designed with powerful phrases to remind you that you can do it. You were made to be a world changer and that the Lord created you wildly capable of big freaking things. Now, obviously this is a podcast and we can't show you how cute as heck these pieces are on the show. So run, don't walk to the heart shop to check out our apparel and more. You can head to www.theheartuniversity.com forward slash apparel to grab your favorite pieces today. I, I don't resonate with the, the exact ways of, of your story, but like my first was a C-section, but it was, uh, I was intending to have a home birth. And I basically labored for four days at home, got the 10 centimeters and then transferred to the hospital because I didn't have an urge to push like at all. So yours was like a plan C-section. Mine was like, I didn't want a C-section and it ended up happening because she just, I think she was stuck. I'm not sure. But I I just, I we can jam on VBACs if you want to after (laughs) this show. I know we talked about that earlier, but especially like hearing like, because I feel that on like having a first birth that is traumatic and wanting the future to be different. Like you want more kids, but you're like, I don't know how to handle the fact that like, I didn't like that experience as far as like labor and and delivery or whatever. So I feel you. Uh, I'm so sorry that that, especially not getting skin to skin for like two hours and just like having that fear of like, 
they're not breathing. Oh. I know. I think that's like one of the things. I, I, I was watching like a nature documentary two months after this all happened. And it was like showing all these, it was like baby, it was called Babies on Netflix. If anyone wants to watch it. Um, but it was showing all these like baby animals, like, you know, the mother gives birth in nature and all the babies are like, you know, those, those first moments after birth, it's just mama and that baby. Like, you know, they're licking yeah. them, they're doing all this stuff. And, and it, I immediately was like, hysterically crying because I was like, mm-hmm. that was taken from me, you know, yeah. like I didn't have that. And, and what I've learned since is that, you know, this isn't just a, a thing that happened to me. This happens to a lot of women. Like I, there's a statistic that's like one in three women, um, experience some trauma from their birth or have some like residual issues that come from it. Yeah. So I know a lot of NICU, NICU parents um, say the same thing. It's kind of similar, like have the, that uh, that that feeling after birth too. It, it's mm-hmm. it's more normal than you know society leads you to believe. Yeah, I yeah I love that women are, I feel like are talking more about it in today's day and age and like being willing to share their stories and then you know women like Lindsay having uh, a difficult and traumatic you know, first birth and a C-section is now sharing her experiences with VBACs and, you know, going through. And, you know, I just feel like there's so much beauty in women sharing now. Um, oh, it's speaking, so important. <laughs> yes. Speaking of sharing, Sarah, are you willing to share, like, what was one of your favorite parts of postpartum? Um, favorite parts? I mean, the number one, number one for me easily is the baby snuggles. Oh my God. Like those first few weeks when they're like still very sleepy, they're like not used to like being out in the world and all they want to do is just snuggle on your chest. I mean, I could, that is heaven to me. Like I could on my deathbed, like if on my deathbed, if, you know, if I had the option, they're like, you could relive like one moment in your life, you know, it wouldn't be like, partying on my bachelorette or like some of the other fun stuff that I've had in my life, it would be like those baby snuggles. They are delightful. So good. Uh, Love that. Was there anything that you specifically did in that postpartum season that helped either nourish your mind or body? Just like in that hard season of just like, oh, life has changed. My body is all different. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Biggest thing for sure was physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And I, it drives me crazy that this isn't like a mandatory thing. And I think it doesn't matter how you gave birth. Um, pelvic floor physical therapy is like so, so important. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to ask for it, which I think is really weird because I can't imagine like another surgery where that wouldn't be like part of your recovery, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is available. And, you know, <laughs> I, I always tell people, I'm like, definitely ask your doctor about it. And and, you know, um, my physical therapist didn't, I didn't even need a referral from a doctor. You can just like call and make an appointment and, um, your insurance takes care of it. So that's just like something I'd say to like, keep in mind for sure. I love it. What is kind of like pulling out of even like, you know, the early postpartum stages, but what's like a, a favorite motherhood hack that you found and that you think like every mom needs to know about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Favorite motherhood hack. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many like knickknacks these days that like make life easier. Um, one of those big things for me, I also, I had trouble, I had trouble breastfeeding that. I mean, that's like a whole other can of worms we could get into and talk about stuff that like, you're not prepared for. Like, I just thought like that would be like a natural, yeah, it's like a natural thing. I've seen the movies, like it just happens. (laughs) And that like, it didn't just happen. Um, 
so I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding. I ended up going to bottle feeding and the Brezza, man, the Brezza, which is if for anyone who doesn't know, is like a Keurig for baby bottles. It what? is the best. It is the best invention of all time. You basically, you put your bottle in, you, you press a button and it makes like a bottle at like the perfect temperature. It's fantastic. And it like is such a life hack. Wait, is it? I'm so, I've literally never heard of this. I don't know how, but like it, is it like a Keurig cup of formula? Well, you put, you know, you take whatever formula you're using and you like oh, okay. add it into the machine. Um, but it does everything for you. It's like incredible. Like, <laughs> first, like, so you don't have to warm it up in a weird like way. Yeah, no, it just, it takes three seconds and your bottle is done and like per, at the perfect temperature. I cannot recommend this thing enough. That's I am mind-blowing. Like, like, I will be researching it. <laughs> well, I, I'm also thinking, I, I'm like a little on the crunchy side. And so I tried to breastfeed as long as possible. But for me, that's usually around like three months with all of my babies. And I, I just like, I, I've struggled a lot with breastfeeding also. And so once we've switched to formula, we are like freaking weird. And we make our own goat milk formula. That sounds so bad. Like as I say that out loud, but it's like, it's Wait, so crunchy. That's amazing. That is crunchy. I consider myself a crunchy mom and that is next level. And I kind of <laughs> want, I kind of want the recipe. <laughs> I will send it to you. Well, because with our first one, after, like I tried so hard to breastfeed and she just like screamed at the boob like literally the whole time and so after three months we were like okay my sanity is is i can't handle this anymore and it was just like i was getting like maybe an ounce for pumping every like 45 minutes and i was like that's Ugh. not that's not happening um Ugh. and so we so our our midwife at the time she was also like the pediatrician that kind of looked over like Eloise, our baby at the time after birth and she recommended goat's milk over cow's milk and i was like well and so we looked at goat's milk formula, but there wasn't any in the US uh, that was under a year old, like for mm. babies under a year old. And the only goat milk formula for babies were like, I think they produced it in Europe, but it would, it was like astronomically expensive and it took forever to ship because we lived in Hawaii at the time. And so she gave us a recipe. She was like, Hey, I've had other moms use this. And we were like, okay. And, but like, and we still do it. So every time that my breast milk just like stops, we switched to that and it's very crunchy. But yeah, I'll give you the recipe. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That oh, is amazing. I love it. Okay, my, I have another question. Wh what is like, I could, do you have like a funny story? Because uh, I feel like that's just like, we need some relatable, you know, mom stories in, in this life, uh, especially just for other moms. And so do you have like a funny story that you could share? Not even, it could be from postpartum or it could just be from anything that you've experienced as a mom since, you know, having your baby. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me think for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing, I, I was just recording an episode for for my podcast about this topic. So I'll, I'll share. Um, but just something that, and this is kind of goes back to something that like surprised me in postpartum is like how much I wanted to murder my husband on a daily basis. <laughs> like uh, there was a period of time there where I was like, this guy's going to get his own Dateline special. Like we are, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting dangerous. Um, but there's just like a few things. And I, and I was trying to, it's so sad because I, I even in the moment, I'm like, you know, what, what feedback could I give my poor sweet husband, Brandon? Like, what could I tell him to do differently at, at this moment? Like, what do I need him to do? And I would sit there and think, and there was literally nothing. Like, I was like, there is, 
there is nothing more this poor guy could be doing. He's doing everything right. And I still want to kill him. And I think a big part of it is just like a lot of the resentments. Like I, I think that's like something that kind of crept up with me. I don't know, Lindsay, if you've felt this in your postpartum experience, but like, I feel like I just have, I had these horrible resentments of like, I had to carry this baby for so long. My body is destroyed. You know, I'm going through all of this stuff and like, you're just kind of there <laughs> and you're like, yeah. you're going about your day, you know, normally. And you're like, oh, let me run to the store make a list of every, if you need me to grab anything. And I, it was just like, ah, I didn't know how to explain, you know, that like I don't know it's just it, it's an interesting period of time it's an interesting period of time for sure but afterwards I mean now having gone through it I mean I could give you like a million examples of like things that where I've almost killed him but um <laughs> at, at the at the end of this I'm kind of looking back and I'm like oh it was me all along like it's me <laughs> Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Like it's it. It was more to do with me than him. And and so for anyone who is in postpartum, who's maybe considering, um, you know, googling like how to get away with murder, you know, just give it give it some time. Give it a little. Give it a couple months, and um, you should be okay. No, I totally. Well, I think it. Our home. Our hormones are going so wild in that season. I mean, even during pregnancy, but especially after in that season. So it's like, yeah, we need to give ourselves grace. Um, but yeah, poor husbands. Like they they do as much as they can. And I remember, like Andrew, like I what did he say? I, I typically go overdue with my babies, and we were joking one time, and he was like, I would rather. Uh, deal like I would rather have the baby to deal with because there's only like three things they need at that point in time. They need to either be burped, be changed, or be fed. Really, like that's that's if there's crying, that's the issue. But if you're crying, there is an <laughs> infinite world of things that could be wrong and things that I need to do to fix it. So <laughs> true. He's like, do you need a snack? Do you need a nap? Do you need me to shut up? Do you need me to walk away? Do you mean watch the kids? Do you want to snuggle? Like, there's like so many things. Do you you need to talk. Do you need me to shut up? Do you need? <laughs> yeah. That's a good list to just have on hand, you know. Like, let, and and I feel like for us, like even half the times, like I would be like, I don't even know why I'm crying, you know. And so that might be a good idea to just like have a list of those things. Like, what do I need? And you can point to like snacks. Totally. Well, and I think that's again why having like seeking out and finding like real life moms that are in your corner if you don't have them already, just as friends, because it's like when we're going, you know, crazy in our mind. I think it's helpful to have other women that we can talk with so that we aren't biting off our husband's head because they're probably poor things are probably doing the absolute best that they can. And like my husband has said so many times, he's like, I wish I could get pregnant. I wish I could experience this because like I can't like I wish I could breastfeed not for like just selfish reasons, but because like you're going through so much and I, I just want to either take some of it away from you in, in a good way, you know, like really help. help. Yes. I want to help. I want to release, relieve the burden from you in a way. But at the same time, I think like as women, our bodies were, were made to do this and it's, it is such a sacred thing that it, it is so wild, but it's also like, I try to look at the beauty of it in, 
in, especially when I'm in the thick of it and just like feeling not myself or feeling down or feeling fat, like, let's just be honest, like feeling just like, uh, you know, like there's yeah. so many spectrums of emotions that we can feel in pregnancy and in postpartum. And so I always try to go back to, uh, just the sacredness of the season. And when I'm, you know, 60 or 80 and I no longer have kids or no, I lo- no longer am having kids is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I want to look back on this season and be like, that was so sacred and, and look at it for the beauty that, that it was versus kind of like wishing it to be gone. Does that make sense? Yes. That's, that's a really good outlook to have for sure. How fun would it be though? Like if, if your husband could be pregnant for like a day, right? <laughs> just take the wig for a day. For so long. Like, I just want all men to experience pregnancy for like a week. And I want them to experience labor yeah. and then like, Although honestly, I feel like my husband specifically has such a good pain tolerance that I like almost don't want him to because then he'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's fine. Like, oh he's like, this is what you were complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just like, I'm gosh. a flower. Don't touch me. I'm oh, just, de- I'm gentle. <laughs> or I'm delicate. Oh my, oh my gosh. I love it. I feel like we could talk about motherhood, all the things, all the stories for so long. But Sarah, is there any final, I guess, like encouragement that you would give to maybe a woman who is currently in what feels like a very stretching season, whether that's, you know, uh, let's say, you know, a woman listening to this is just curious about motherhood, but isn't currently pregnant is actually not even with a, a guy yet and is like, man, I want that someday. Or it's, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum of a mom who's currently going through all the pregnancy hormones and all the, you know, body changes or postpartum or whatnot. What would you like say to the woman who's currently feeling stretched? Yeah. Okay. So two different things because two different situations. Um, my girl who is maybe thinking about motherhood one day. Um, I was there. I um, I, I, in my like late 20s, I was like not sure that I even wanted kids. You know, I was like, my, my life is pretty great. <laughs> like, I, I love the freedom that I have. Um, you know, I could maybe like, you know, do kids or not do kids. I think I would live a very fulfilled life without kids. And I still, I actually 100% think that that's true. Like, I don't think you need kids to be fulfilled in life. Um, but I will say, like, I, I think that there is a lot of fear out there, you know, like, how am I going to take care of That was my whole thing is I lived in New York City. I lived in like a shoebox apartment. I'm like, I can't imagine like being able to take care of a child or any mm-hmm. of this. And um, one thing I will say is, is like, and this is a mantra that I tell myself all the time. I was like, people have kids all over the world with like much less stuff, mm-hmm. with much like fewer resources. Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's an inherent thing that we're able to do. And, um, it, it is like kind of what I said in the beginning, it, it is a wonderful thing. Like, I feel like we don't hear that enough. Um, it's awesome. Like my little guy is like my, my bestie. Like we have so much fun. He giggles and it like makes my life, <laughs> you know, like, and, and before, before I had kids, like it would, I, I, I've used this analogy before trying, like just trying to explain this to like friends where, um, like to achieve like level 10 joy in my pre, you know, uh, baby life, like level 10 joy would be like, you know, maybe taking a trip with friends or, you know, doing something like really awesome and amazing to hit that level 10 joy, you know, like a regular night out, I'd maybe get to like an eight, you know, on a really good night out, but it, it to get to like level 10, you need like some, 
some miracles to happen. I experience level 10 joy like all the time, like multiple times a day, like with, with my little baby, which is like something I just didn't, I didn't never thought was possible before having kids. Like it really is like just, it, 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 it adds so much. It enriches your life. At least that's been my experience. Again, not everyone is going to have the same experience, but I found that it has like really, really enriched my life. And it's like the best thing that's ever happened. Like my grandma used to tell me that my grandma used to be like, Oh, having kids will be, you know, the, the greatest thing that you do. And I'd be like on my way to like the South of France. I'd be like, sure, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) And then now I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. Grandma was like, (laughs) yeah. And then, um, to the woman who's like maybe in postpartum, who's like in the thick of it right now. Um, Oh, I had something on the tip of my tongue and then I forgot. Hold on. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh, I had it and then I forgot it's it. The mom no, brain. It's the mom it's brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are good. You are <laughs> You can share if you want to. When you said like to the mom who's in the thick of postpartum, I remembered that you said earlier in the episode, like this season is temporary and it will end. I don't know if you want to share that again, but I feel like that's still like so powerful for women to hear. Yes. Yes. Oh, and that's actually what I was gonna say. It is temporary. It is, it's a short-lived thing. And this is what I wanted to say. Um you're, and you're doing amazing. Like you're doing great. Even if you're in like, that has been like the hard, the hard thing. I feel like when you're like kind of struggling and we all have those days where you're like, you know, you feel bad, you feel like you're not doing enough. Um, or you feel like I I had one of these, I'm a year out and I had one like earlier this week where I needed to like take a break from my husband and child and like walk around the block. Mm -hmm. And then I felt guilty afterwards. I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so bad that like, I, you know, couldn't hack it for a a couple minutes there. And at the end of the day, like that doesn't matter. Like you're, you're still doing great and you can have moments and it's okay. Like the grand scheme of things, like you're doing amazing and you're the perfect mom for your baby and, um, have some grace for yourself and you're doing it. Like you're already in it, you're doing it. And you're, you're don't, don't like think of comparison. Don't think about what you see on social media. I can promise you all of us, all of us, um, have moments where we're like less than stellar, but at the end of the day, like if you love your baby and you're trying, like you're doing great. Amen. Oh, that is gospel truth. I love, I love that you just ended with that. Okay. We have one final question that we kind of like to ask uh, our guests. And if you don't have an answer to that, that's totally fine. We love to read. And so we always just ask our guests selfishly just to get more book recommendations. But do you possibly have a favorite book recommendation that you have read in the, in the recent past that is like a stellar one that you love? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I, I just picked up a new book. Um, one, two, three magic. Have you guys read this? No, it was actually, it was recommended to me by our pediatrician. It's a parenting book. Sorry. I've kept this like whole podcast. You're on theme. <laughs> I am on theme and I'm, I'm really like, this is just kind of, I've kind of leaned in. Like this is the season of life that I'm in. Like I just, when I have time to read, I'm like usually trying to like learn a new skill when it comes to parenting because I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know. Dude, I uh, agreed. 
Yeah. But one, two, three magic that it was recommended to me. Um, and I just started it. So I don't know if it's any good, but that's what I'm reading now. Oh, Perfect. I love it. We Sarah, love that. Thank you so much for your time here today, for sharing your experiences, your journey, your story. I think it is so encouraging, so relatable and so inspirational for so many women and listeners. For everyone who is currently like, oh my gosh, I need to follow along with Sarah with her journey. I need to listen to um, Big Kid Problems or Bottle Service or either both... <laughs> Where can everyone connect with you and find you? Yes, um, Instagram is the big, the big one. Just you can find me at Big Kid Problems, Big Kid Problems. Um, my personal Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. It's it's on Big Kid Problems. You'll find me there. And then yeah, my podcast. Um, I have everything like linked in my bio on Instagram, but um, I'm on Twitter. I'm I'm on TikTok begrudgingly. Um, <laughs> And my podcast, uh, Big Kid Problems is is still kind of on hiatus, but I have like a lot of great episodes on that show. And then obviously Bottle Service with Big Kid Problems is where I'm very active right now, especially if you're on a motherhood or pregnancy journey, definitely come hang out with me on that because that's, that's, that's where the good stuff is. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being on the Heart and Hustle podcast and just giving our listeners a lot of grace and a lot of just like fun, helpful encouragement if they're in a season of motherhood or are wanting to be in the future. Totally. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. 